Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Before we get into today's video, I want to tell you guys about some of the comics that we have uh, in stores sooner than later. Red Room Trigger Warnings Trade Paperback is going to be hitting shops in September 2022, collecting the four issues of the 2022 season of Red Room Comics. Trigger Warnings, good companion piece to go along with uh, the Anti-Social Network Trade Paperback from, uh, from last year. Jimmy's Hulk Grand Design is out there on the stands right now in comic book form, but you're going to be able to get that Treasury Edition collection with the fluorescent ink green cover in uh, December 2022, man. Good uh, gift for Christmas. And back in print is Jimmy's uh, Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive trade paperback. Been out of print for about a year thanks to the Kayfabe audience. Uh, if, you, if you were uh, slow on the trigger to get it earlier, get it right now at this very moment. We're going to do a little bit of traveling. Uh, in October, CXC, October 6th through 9th, uh, Jimmy and I will be out there in Columbus, Ohio, uh, Baltimore Comic Con, October 28th through the 30th, the birth birthplace of Cartoonist Kayfabe, the place where we uh, created the idea for the YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to be out there signing comics and uh, giving talks, things like that, and Jimmy will be at the Jacksonville Public Library for a zine fest, October 22nd. He's going to be on the day as the man of the hour doing some talking in front of everybody. Uh, don't miss it if you're in Florida. Without further ado, Jimmy, it's inevitable. It's going to have to happen. And with those wizard uh, issues that we've been looking at lately, this is uh, one of those hot books, man. <laughs> X-Men Alpha, the Age of Apocalypse era of uh, X-Men, where they were trying to... Uh, do, it was their version of Deathmate, Marvel's version of Deathmate, right? Like, <laughs> let's, let's, let's have some future alternate timeline stuff happen. And this is sort of uh you see right here a new world a new beginning this is kind of uh issue one of that and what will happen is every single x title for four issues will um sort of not be published in its regular form and there will be four issue mini series of different version of x-force different version of x-men and uncanny x-men uh weapon x is the wolverine title so on and so forth but this is the one that uh sort of sets everything up so so we need to have a compelling reason to buy those various mini series had that joe mad cover right with this like weird tyvek metal it's never been done before or since <laughs> yeah that's an indestructible cover right there yeah and it Pro does, probably environmentally damaging and, these covers that'll never never quite go away and it doesn't feel good <laughs> you know the tactility of it doesn't feel feel nice in any way man but you got joe mad tim townsend uh people commented after we did our deadpool video that it that tim townsend ink and joe mad like that's that's the sweet spot so you get to see what it looks like here and that same inker is inking the roger cruz Gilbert gimmick on the inside so he's the connective tissue he's the klaus jansen you know klaus jansen is inking gil kane and gene colin and frank miller to try to make it look holistic tim townsend is uh trying to you know keep uh, some some continuity with these uh joe mad fill-in guys so i was completely out of x-men at this point and uh I'm reading this comic and did not realize it was not Joe Mad until I, I don't know when the credits pop up, but I was shocked to find out it wasn't him. Yes. Uh, so I wonder like if that's Roger Cruz directive to be like Joe Mad, uh, you know, because like maybe it is having the same inker, but for me, it's, it, I just assumed it was Joe Mad until I get partway through and realize, oh no, you're mistaken. There are moments where I feel like you see Roger Cruz's more natural style show up, uh, but 
I, I'm sure it's like a directive. And, and it's one of those things, when you're, when you're cribbing somebody's style, you only have that existing material to kind of pull from. So when you have to draw something that that artist never drew, that's where you see these guys like natural styles creep in. And we did that uh, wizard piece that highlighted uh, Mike Diodato Jr. Mm -hmm. and Roger Cruz and Gla Glasshouse Studios stuff was uh, one of the uh, co connecting pieces between their country and America in, in brokering those deals. And that guy, Dave Campiti, he was at the Pittsburgh Comic-Con all, all, all those years uh, doing whatever he was doing. And I remember him seeing my selling samples. innovation backstock. <laughs> <laughs> no, he had that Asian girl jinky or something like that. There was uh, whatever. Um, but clearly in the, from the mindset of the, uh, the, uh, Diodato, Roger Cruz stuff, he, his, his whole thing was like, listen, you need to copy whatever the most popular stuff is right now. Like you got to try to like, look just like it. And, and I remember him talking about like Mike Diodato, you know what he does? He has a computer more than a thousand photographs and he just arranges them on the page and traces them off and like like just like wow. describing you know like what what's necessary to be a cartoonist at that level at a marvel or dc man that's such a damning uh description of like what it is to be a marvel cartoonist yeah. in the 90s yeah yeah well wow. now now it's like what do it in google sketchup and trace it off uh couple writers on this thing man and uh, I, I noticed there were like two writers in this issue but I think three were highlighted uh, in the credits of like promo materials and you know probably giving page counts and things like that you have to cut corners where you can but these captions it really is that exercise of like tell not show it's telling us what to think, a feeling. He had a name for it once, but he no longer remembers what it was. Yeah, this is not a comic that uh, sometimes I'll read these things that I missed back in the day, and uh -huh. it's like, oh, I want to read the next one. I did not walk away from this comic <laughs> wanting to know what happens next. Right. <laughs> and uh, it, tall order, too, by the way, man. Like, uh, how do you create one comic that's, you know, 40, 50 pages, maybe, and you got to create compelling reasons to... Uh, to read these these other miniseries so you have to you have to sow enough seeds for five or six different titles uh good luck i found this opening so uninspired just average right like you've, yeah, seen, you've seen this and you think like this is a huge storyline one of the biggest x-men storylines of the 90s and it opens in such a a dud and i look at the pages now and i think why why is this not appealing to me and the first thing I see is lack of blacks, right? This is like your Terminator kind of post-war world. It should be black sky. Like, they're, 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 it's very, um, like, flat. Yeah. You know, color value-wise. These are the pieces where, like, it's now Roger Cruz doing kind of like a Jim Lee piece right there. Because, like, there wasn't any Joe Mad little kids being drawn yet that he could pull from. And that is probably closer to his more natural style, which is to say it just is Jim Lee-ish. But then when you get here, clearly... It's amazing to see, um, to hear you call out like a Jim Lee style. Because the other thing that I thought reading this is, man, they went in a different direction. If you think of Jim Lee three years before this as being, or four years before this as being like 8 million seller, this does not feel Jim Lee-esque to me. Like, like this feels like a different book to me. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Joe Matt is, is out there. Like, he... he creates the new paradigm absolutely which this is the new paradigm yeah. so instead of cribbing the jim lee 
crosshatch, people are cribbing the tapered waist and the super giant mm -hmm. shoulders and these crazy face shapes with the big jowls yeah, kind of kind of tapered. It also calls to mind, like I think back on X-Men history and I think of like how far removed we are from John Byrne, Terry Austin Absolutely. at this stage. Yeah, it would be it would be John Byrne, then Paul Smith would have his cup of coffee that, that would kind of change the way people looked at X-Men. Then it's like Sylvester Jim Lee, really. And then Joe Mad would be the next evolution of that. These kind of fingers. I also feel like it lacks a sense of a real world. It does. And those previous guys had that, where it felt like physics were real or backgrounds. This was happening in a place that I could recognize. But when I see backgrounds here, it's like there's no sense of a place in my in my mind. Yeah, just brick walls. Right. The X Men team is real strange to me. It's it's all bizarre. Like who's this Toady guy? Now this yeah now this is like an invention. I feel like Blink and Wild Child are full inventions for the Age of Apocalypse. This is one of those things that's interesting. Where um, Morph was a char character that was basically a red shirt uh, Star Trek guy in the X in the X Men cartoon. Like he's the guy that is in episode one and you're like who the fuck is this dude i never heard of him and then of course he gets killed or or disappears but comes back in like later animated series storylines but he was a boba fett of sorts because you saw him there and then you never saw him again like hey man why why doesn't he exist in comics like they do a version of that here and that's what this is like it's it's, it's all re redefined um you know one of those things that we talk about where uh like the image books when they first came out how the the storyline yes is really being told in interviews and stuff uh this is the culmination of that the the x-men collector's preview where it quite literally is describing how the world changed and it had to do with like there was an issue a dave cockrum issue of x-men where it showed it was the one with like baron von strucker where it's professor x and it's it's uh Magneto in their like civilian forms and with the mother of Legion and and over in like Israel or something like that uh, completely costumeless story Baron Strucker all that uh, and it has to do with like Legion sort of change like kills Xavier or something and, ch and changes changes the future I love that Cyclops and he is a Cyclops I think it's really cool with some of these characters, like it'll be fun to point at characters and be like, I like this design or I don't. Yes. The Cyclops is cool because it's such a contrast with what I think of as Cyclops the character. Totally. Which is fun if you're going to do an alternative world, alternative history story. Yeah. Like, let's see some changes with some of these characters. Yeah, absolutely. And Cyclops feels like one they got to have some fun with. Yeah. So this is where you see where they're breaking down all the different titles. So telling you what you can expect That's to happen in each of the various titles. This is pretty early stuff because this is a pencil. With, yeah, with, that's really cool. With to color see. thrown on top of it, and then you. By get, the way, Fred Hembeck. What is? Yeah. What is? Is he commenting on this stuff? He, he is. Just that's amazing that Fred Hembeck still still uh, involved in this kind of thing. Now here's your character designs and the various guys who were tasked with doing the various designs and describing the elements. I want us to talk to Steve Epting at some point because yeah. like here he is doing a big high profile X-Men stuff yeah. then he goes to CrossGen mm -hmm. and comes back and I mean like all those dudes that came out of CrossGen I swear came back and they were good yeah and it made me think like um I was recently reading about syndicate cartoonists yeah and how they all used to work in the office like the newspaper office mm -hmm. together and it makes me think like once they start working from home the quality of comic strips 
you know, we, we talk about their decline for decades, but when they were all in a room together, it's like they flourished. And, yeah. and I feel like cartoonists have that too. You know, like you get a good bullpen, you push each other. That's amazing. See, Joe Matt is younger <laughs> than we thought. <laughs> uh, and just breaking down the elements that they're bringing to, to the, the various costumes. Yeah, the Cyclops was one of the designs I really enjoyed. Yeah, but you got a good pedigree of guys doing designs here. There goes Steve Scrooge, Pachalo. Eddie and Adam Kubert, and then you got your like after mag here's from the journals of Magneto. Hilarious. I I picked this up like on a straight up newsstand, not far from the house. There's a place called Galaxy News that was just a magazine shop, and and this was where I picked up all of these things. But uh, definitely one of those things that lets you know what the world is that we're dealing, what you're seeing here. Did Generation X start with yeah. the storyline? No. And then no, it started right before it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, it's kind of neat if they had come out of an alternative history. That would have been a cool the, legacy. Yeah, the only comic that like continued after this was X-Man, mm -hmm. uh, the Steve Scrow stuff. And maybe characters like Blink would, would show up at a, at a later date or something, get ripped, pulled back into that timeline. But yeah, I think feel like this is a new invention. His name's Wild Child? Wild Child. He looks like he's 50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's the eyes, there's the expressive mouths. Joe Mad is on the scene. Bring it back, Eunice the Untouchable, which is a funny thing. Yeah, man, that's a tough. I, I there, there are these handfuls of characters that I'll see that have that kind of a name where it's just like, you're a mid Carter at best. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, those those X Men's and some of that early stuff that that was Stan and Jack. Like, we're, we we got to bash this one out. I feel like Magneto, whenever he meets Bishop and sees the M tattooed on his face, they should be quick friends. <laughs> right. The the way they flip the script, though, there's like those complete 180 flippings of the scripts with these some of these characters. So so Bishop is a guy from the past being brought out to to the future or whatever. And like Prophet in Deathmate Red, he knows the scoop. Yes. You got to have that guy, right? <laughs> Deathmate Red. I love to imagine that that was the inspiration for this this whole crossover trying to get some fucking sales is the inspiration for this that is true this crossover dude look what they do to blob man something he he's like chain gang from those rex miller books actually yeah he does that I, I like that uh like the figure how they're building his figure there beast is a bad guy scientist that's interesting uh characterization for him it's kind of like cyclops you know like flip it yeah how far can you push this character yeah blob looks cool his his incarnation and like a weird screen tone put on top of him yeah yeah it doesn't it doesn't agree with the printing and how about the crop of that man it took me like a couple of minutes to understand what the fuck i was looking at there but that's like an undercarriage fucking taint shot of the blob getting zapped wow would not have realized that i was <laughs> thinking a shoulder or something <laughs> you know you mentioned the Kubert brothers being part of this to me, they are the um, the legacy connection to the Jim Lee style. Mm -hmm. yes. You know, they were still kind of doing that style, so it's interesting to see that style and then rubbing up against like a Joe Mad, I don't know, I guess anime manga yeah. infused style. Yeah, it's interesting to think about, man, because when you when you talk about it in those terms, because Steve Epting is the X Factor guy, and X Factor was always the wild card <clears throat> book. Yeah. that had you know, it's like Larry Stroman, Will's kind of doing his. Mm -hmm. Jim Lee-ish kind of thing. Quesada had a run there. Quesada, Strowman, like mm -hmm. so. So that was the book that was Terry Shoemaker, like, like a guy, like weird guys. Bogdanov, like weird dudes were allowed to work on like the X Factor book, and he had kind of a hairy style. It was very unique to himself. 
uh, I, closer to like Texiera or like Jay Lee, right. like that kind of. Jay yeah. Lee did a couple X Factors. He did too. Yes, he did. So Sinister, a big interesting. Who the Rogues are too? You know, like it is kind of cool to see Sinister, Magneto, and uh, Apocalypse as like these big figures in this storyline. <laughs> so we're setting up this world and we're setting up the good guys and bad guys, but it's never really clear and in most boys comics when you have some guy who wants to like destroy the world or something does nobody ever ask like why <laughs> so, you know so you destroy everything but but you also live here so like why wouldn't you want something like fresh and super clean and pristine and uh you know not gross atmosphere you know like wouldn't you want the opposite if you're going to be the ruler of the world so we don't exactly know what the bad guys are about that cityscape makes me sad yeah. Because in my mind, it's like, what are what, what's the best case scenario for this spread? It's Mobius, right? Like, right. it's a heavy metal city landscape kind of thing. And it just is not there. No. Like, look at that weird perspective stuff. Yeah, it's it's very bizarre. Maybe the, the struggles of a monthly book and maybe the struggles of doing that kind of sci-fi without having that pedigree. All right. I didn't know who this shit... When she shows up, it's like, okay, so this is what Jean Grey is about. Sure. And But it's not. That's not Jean Grey. Do you know who it is? I don't know. Time? Yeah, I, I I don't know. But we're, we're gonna have to do more Age of Apocalypse. <laughs> no, we're Jimmy. not. I have no more questions. <laughs> <laughs> the defense rests. <laughs> the nanny character that showed up in some of those early uh, John Byrne, uh, oh, wow. Chris Claremont X Men for like an issue or two. I remember Gambit was a character that uh, I was surprised by how popular Gambit was. Yeah. And I feel like Gambit's kind of cool looking in here with his red eyes. Look at this kid. <laughs> <laughs> like to see that um, how to draw kids tutorial. <laughs> I feel like Bishop retains his bald head in, in X-Men comics or probably just like a small high top fade. Uh, he had a mullet when he started, right? He did, and, and that was like the month that the Jerry Crow mullet went out. Like this, <laughs> the month that that wasn't cool anymore, out comes Bishop. Man, I feel like it might have been like two decades after it wasn't cool anymore. NWA and Ice Cube made that shit really fresh, man. <laughs> and and I think Larry Stroman was rocking it because of how cool Ice Cube made that shit. But then he went away with that. But Jim Lee and Wills are out there <laughs> like, this is a cool haircut. There are times when I like this character design. I don't know exactly what he is, but sometimes it looks like you can see a skeleton through yeah. there, and certainly the skull looks like that. He gets expanded I like that on a lot concept visually, yeah, and I think like he's called Holocaust, and then like there's Onslaught, and I think he has something to do with that. Okay. I don't. Quite That's remember. the thing too. Like when I said character uh, characterization, I felt embarrassed for myself because right. I just like visually I feel like there were some cool nods there, but I have no idea what that character's about. Yeah. This is the culmination of Roger Cruz doing the Joe Mad style, man. Like, like pulling out all the tricks. Big, thick ankles, super tapered waist, big, giant shoulders. Yeah, I felt iffy on this one. There's some stuff like, I like some of these images of Apocalypse where it's almost like the robot mouth opening and stuff looks cool. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Some of the character designs, I'm, I go back and forth. And sometimes they work in like certain shots like this. I feel like that's one of those that I like. But then other shots, they don't work for me. Yeah. And there's the little bit of a hint of like a skeleton glowing underneath the costume on the or through the costume, whatever that is. On the Joe Mad issues, Astonishing X-Men, I think this is the villain that, that they fight a lot in there. And he's got good computer coloring uh, behind 
his stuff. And by good, I mean like a lot of bells and whistles from that era. So I think that uh, it's not a black uh, line, you know, like they do some stuff yeah. to make it feel like it's inside of a translucent shell. I kind of wish Sinister and Apocalypse had a different color scheme, one of them. Right, yeah, because they, they just look like a father and son or something, right? Yeah, it looks like they're connected in some way. It's not, you know, like Sinister has hair and stuff, so there's there's clearly differences in the character design, but the color palette um, similarities, I don't know. Don't, don't love that on the page. And this is where you realize, like, oh, that's Jean Grey. Right. And she chose Wolverine in this yeah, alternate kind of universe. It, it, it puts uh, Scott Summers in a certain light, right? Like, we're really flipping that character around. Check out our humans did more room a tiger and like look at that poor chick. Yeah, Emma, that's a uh, white white queen, right? Yeah, yeah, I like that detail. I, I don't know if that's the best drawing of it, but I think that's a cool detail having like exposed skull, you know, metal plate in there or something. Yeah, just singe hair, whatever, man. Especially on like a um, a fe- like a like a female character with the with the value that women place on their hair. They're supposed to be the human characters, so so we know that. The White Queen's a mutant, so me, she must have got some uh, some treatment. Yeah, you wonder if that's something to block her powers exactly. or something to take them out. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun idea that I bet they don't build on. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is reminds me of a Jim Lee-esque kind of treatment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And clear like this is such Tim Townsend kind of inking mm-hmm. where it has these super skinny things, very bold lines. Thin, thick, thin on that nose. Yeah. Wonder if we ever learn how Wolverine's hand doesn't grow back. Right. This is that one page, man, where like you want you want Jim Rugg to like redraw this page, man, and, and put use some of the old color, the old uh Bendet kind of coloring, use like a do like a jacket Kirby Chick Stone type image, and then this would be the Dave Cockrum issue, the Jim Lee piece. Uh, the baby Ma- Magneto, <laughs> like that was like a big deal in the eighties, man. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, the, I guess this would be adjective list X-Men, you know, like the first three issues or whatever, but this is that kind of stuff, man, where you, you don't want to see that same style. That feels like a Joe, Joe mad concept, like the big head in half profile. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether it really is or not, but in my mind, that feels like a, a Joe Madism. Uh, and this is him learning that, what, there's an alternative universe that's very different than the one he's living in. Right. Yeah, you got to have that moment, right? Of course. And there's there's ambiguity because this bishop guy comes along and is like, you're you're a villain, you're a bad guy, you're a murderer. And he, Magneto is the leader of these, these X-Men, and it's starting to call things into question a bit. And Rogue and Magneto have a child? Yeah. Is it Gambit's child? Is that the? Is there an implication of that? There's a thing where Magneto says something about how he can touch her, but nobody else can, because like she yes. wants to get the kids touch. Right. And I wonder how that works. Yeah, that's some kind but, of. Let, let's let's see that doujinshi. Metallic thing. Yeah. <laughs> Were you a fan of Sabretooth as an X Men like this? As a good guy. I guess a good guy. Yeah. Uh yeah 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 I'd like the. Because that's the Joe Mad issues, man. So it's just Joe Mad going going wild. So you know, and and it's uh, Magneto and this chick too, Rogue. Like this would be Tony Daniel comics. Oh, it's the, the, the X Force. X Force, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, man, sometimes the description makes this stuff all sound like, yeah, I might be curious to look at more of that. But when I look at this stuff, it just makes my head hurt. Oh, I know. We did that one issue with uh, Brian Lee O'Malley. Right. It was the Chris B Bacalo, uh Generation Next yes. number one. Who's a really fun artist to be a part of the X family. Really? You know, like that's, to me, that's a, I think his style is very original. So it's it's funny to see that like between Qberts and Joe Mads and yeah you know it's like they created that generation x comic to be like the youthful comic you know he's the younger guy of like all those dudes like uh it's a clean slate so you get to create the right. cult the culture of what that series will be such a different look yeah and then like these crystal things bizarre yeah like who is that just a hundred percent the colorist doing his thing must be it looks almost like 3d modeling maybe it does or something it but i don't know who fake. would be doing that yeah you know, maybe it's some some intern or something <laughs> <laughs> somebody has some some software and they're like we gotta work that in right something tells me that electric crayons <laughs> did the color here dude the that's colorist, who should have done it <laughs> the colorist is steve buccioletto like we looked at batman gothic he was the colorist of that wow so something tells me electric crayons has a big hand in uh, the color of, of this comic here. That's astounding to me. Yeah. Because I'm really impressed with his color in that and would never in a million years have connected these two. I think that his contribution is probably this, this the contribution that he brought to, to regular like four color comics, guides. And then you give it to some knuckleheads who know how to use these computers. Yeah, I guess and then, so. And then they translate it as like, Okay, there's like a blue, there's like a purple in the background, but all the bells and whistles is them, you know? But he's at least smart enough to push like, you know, a cool color behind the big yeah, red guy. Yeah, you know, when I complain about color, say it's flat, like you look at like Nightcrawler, this fist, and Magneto as being red, they're on the same plane. It's right. this hot color, you know, that like my eye goes right to it, but it's all the same. Yeah. Um, white is another one, you know, like this is way in the foreground, his teeth, but also like the Iceman in the background same color mm -hmm. so it, it messes up you know like value wise they're the same it, it's tough like that stuff was just not being adhered to in this 90s coloring stuff not at all that all said i like the uh the way iron man looks in this iteration yeah or, no, uh, ice, no, ice man no face just eyes yeah and some like spiky ice kind of shapes sticking out of him yeah i feel like that's a kind of a cool look for it gives him something visually you know to, to separate him from everyone else okay favors what's the best uh mini series of, of all of these age of apocalypse ones because you know we got them all sitting here <laughs> and uh the joe mad one is one i'd be interested in checking out but i think i bought the wolverine the weapon x one i think i was still buying wolverine at that point and i think i picked those up i don't know if i picked up any of the others at the time yeah there it is dude x-men alpha yeah, this should be an interesting one. I'm, I'm curious to see responses to this. <laughs> Good to go, Jimmy? I am. Okay, favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, we'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, man? Hulk Grand Design, the oversized treasury edition will be in stores in time for Christmas, but you need to pre-order that now wherever you buy books. Street Angel Deadly Squirrel Live, back in print after almost a year, so pick that one up wherever you buy books. And join me on patreon.com slash jimrug to see a lot more of my comics, art, download out-of-print zines, mini-comics, that sort of thing. Red Room Trigger Warnings, Trey Paperback, hitting the stand, September 2022. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. 
good companion piece to go along with the anti-social network trade paperback that you may already have and if you don't go to my link tree in the description below this video to order and pre-order your current and future red room comics uh, go to my patreon and subscribe to my uh, weekly updates of red room material i put up new strips every tuesday three bucks get you the archive there and we're uh, zoning in on 300 pages worth of stuff but we're going to keep it going and put the uh future red room comics uh on the patreon before they hit print by like you know six seven eight months ahead of schedule uh, Jimmy, what else do we have out there? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. Another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Jimmy, giving the marching orders, will be on our way. Read more comics.